Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of a Thursday on the early line begins live right here, right now, all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. We welcome you to this second hour all on the early line. Two more hours to go. We will preview week 18 of the National Football League, that regular season finale. Some early thoughts in a Monday night's national championship game in Houston between number one Michigan and number two Washington. All of that and more in store over these next two hours on TEL. Donnie, we start with some NFL news and notes to set the stage for the regular season finale around the NFL and a lot of injury focus on the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. The Jags trying to win their second consecutive AFC South divisional crown with an outright victory on the road in Nashville against the Titans on Sunday. We're not so sure about Trevor Lawrence's status. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But if Jacksonville can get into the post season some good news for the Jaguars yesterday the 21 day practice window opening up for star wide receiver Christian Kirk yeah, this is going to be one to watch here because you're taking a look at before the season started here for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Ben. You said, you know what? This is one of the more elite wide receiving cores if it can stay healthy yep. and Trevor Lawrence has a solid season. Now, granted, for most of the season, they were there and Jacksonville was actually fighting just a few short weeks ago, Ben, for that number one overall seed in large part because how many plays the wide receivers could make. They've really missed him over the past couple weeks. He's not going to be 100%, but that practice window did open. I doubt he yeah. plays this weekend, but if you're looking at another 10 days out before you have to pay a playoff, game that's a nice addition back into your lineup one of the better deep threats Ben in the NFL sometimes you get these guys back in time for a playoff run that could really give you a boost Jacksonville now a four and a half point favorite on the road in Tennessee on Sunday. Let's bring in that Sports Grid Radio audience here to our second hour live on a Thursday on the early line. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. He is Donnie Wrightside. I am Ben Stevens. Now, it's not all because of Christian Kirk's injury, but when he got injured early in the opening half against the Cincinnati Bengals way back in week number 13, to where Jacksonville is now is a pretty stark correlation. The Jaguars started 8-3 and three this year. They were booked as a 9.5-point home favorite in a Monday night football game against Jake Browning in the Bengals when Browning was making his second career NFL start. Christian Kirk had one catch early on in the opening quarter, got injured with that core muscle injury that required surgery and has put him on the shelf for the last month. And from that stage, Donnie, Jacksonville has lost 
lost four of their last five games, needing to win on the road to secure the AFC South. And again, they're a four and a half point favorite. You can look at their money line around a minus 150 number to win in Tennessee on Sunday as their price to win the AFC South. Minus 225 actually is that money line price. And how much will it move if we get some more updates on the status of Trevor Lawrence, who was back at practice yesterday in Duval County, but listed as just a limited participant? Yeah, I, I think it's better off for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're, we're going big picture here right at this point. You say to yourself, how can we get to a Super Bowl? We need a healthy Trevor Lawrence. If you play him this weekend, you might actually lose the football game if he can't make every throw. It's almost like if you're playing a team that's dead in the water, where's the team that you don't want to play? In Tennessee, because you know Vrabel is going to care about that football game, and the team's probably going to put up a good effort here. I would go back up quarterback, give your superstar another week to rest and be relaxed, and then maybe in the playoffs he can be much more healthy to make those throws you get back your extra wide receiver and Kirk and away you go with the legitimate chance to do some damage I wouldn't play him this weekend I'd be worried about starting him here because again Ben, it isn't like hey the shoulder just creeped up this was the head injury this was the you know leg injury I mean he's been all over the yeah. map give him a week to rest up an ankle injury into concussion yeah. protocol. He emerged out of concussion protocol to only be injured in the game against the Buccaneers with that right throwing shoulder and a finger as well. A finger injury for Trevor Lawrence. He has been banged up this year, but he has been resilient throughout his National Football League career. Last week for the Jaguars was the first game of Trevor Lawrence's career that he missed we will see what happens to the number right now it stands at four and a half in favor of Jacksonville on the road in Tennessee but it's a must win football game if the Jaguars lose Indianapolis or Houston who play first on Saturday night is going to be the champion of the AFC South whoever wins that football game they will secure a playoff berth and if Jacksonville loses more than likely they are going to be on the outside of the AFC postseason picture looking in all of Part of the conversation for week number 18 as we have shared there are teams trying to earn a playoff berth teams like Jacksonville trying to get their second consecutive divisional crown and worried about that seed line in their conference playoff picture and then there are others that are already focused on what is ahead in the offseason in 2024 including the Las Vegas Raiders a two and a half point home favorite this week to end out the regular year against the Denver Broncos by the way I'm laying it with Las Vegas because it's one final time for Antonio Pierce to show Mark Davis what he means to this football team. Yesterday, Donnie, Devontae Adams speaking to the media as the Raiders get ready to end out the 2023 NFL regular season. Devontae Adams sharing on interim head coach Antonio Pierce, quote, it's who I wanted and he's my vote. And that's basically how the whole locker room feels. He embodies what it means to be a Raider. I'm rooting for him. End quote from Devontae Adams. Will it be enough? Will Antonio Pierce be the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders in 2024? Look, I think they messed up in a way not hiring Riz Bisaccia as a full-time head coach because it worked. The players bought in. They actually made the playoffs that season. They went yeah. with a more established coach and basically wrecked their entire franchise and morals in the locker room because they couldn't stand Josh McDaniels as a head coach. You have a chance here if you're the Davis family to say, you know what, let's correct that wrong here when we didn't hire Bisaccia. Let's give this guy a shot because also there's going to be a lot of openings in the NFL. Now, typically for me, I want the next hot up-and-coming offensive guy right to be my head coach, but 
but not everybody gets to yeah. choose that. And sometimes when they choose that, they choose poorly. Why not? And also, the Davis family has always been known throughout the decades of never paying head coaches a lot of money. You're probably going to get Antonio Pierce cheap. This is a win-win for that franchise that has paid an unbelievable amount of money to head coaches that didn't work out. Why not yeah. pick a guy that actually has the ear to the ground in the locker room that the players want to play for? That's a start here, Vegas. Why don't you just make him the head coach? It makes sense. No doubt about it, right? Because Antonio Pierce took over this organization after Josh McDaniels was the first head yep. coach fired on Halloween. They are 4-4, four and four, but with a couple of marquee upset victories, including, of course, the opener on the Christmas Day triple header on the road in Kansas City against the Chiefs, booked as a double-digit underdog. Not only 4-4, four and four, but 6-1-1 one one against the number. That is how good they have been. That is the level of competition they have brought to football games and how close they keep things. I think it should be Antonio Pierce, but we will see what Mark Davis ultimately decides. Three head coaching openings at this moment, Las Vegas, Carolina, and of course, Los Angeles with a few more, I'm sure, coming our way on Monday. Back live right here on the early line in just a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Live right here on the early line, getting ready for week number 18 in the National Football League regular season. That's the regular season finale. So, of course, we forecast the future and what we will be discussing next week, the start of the NFL playoffs. So let's look at the AFC playoff picture to begin. So much to iron out in the AFC. Donnie, with all the clinching scenarios and the potential uh, situations this week, there's a lot of moving parts that could go here for a seed line, a division, all of that. In the NFC, it's a little bit more crystal clear. But here's what we know right now in the AFC. The Baltimore Ravens have already wrapped up the number one overall seed. Lamar Jackson is going to sit on Saturday as the Ravens host the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Dolphins will host the Buffalo Bills. The winner of that game claims the AFC East. Miami has already clinched a playoff berth. Buffalo has not. The Chiefs have already won the AFC West for an eighth consecutive year. The Jaguars, with a win on the road in Tennessee, claim the AFC South. The Browns have already earned their playoff berth. The winner of the Colts 
in the Texans on Saturday night will earn a playoff berth and that team will still be in the hunt for an AFC South Divisional Championship if Jacksonville does get upset on the road in Nashville on Sunday. So those are the scenarios, DRS, as we get ready for week number 18 in the AFC. Yeah, it should be interesting to watch, too. And keep in mind, the Cleveland Browns already clinching their spot there in the 5 seed, cannot move up or down, so they're locked in. They'll be resting Joe Flacco. But it is very interesting to find out where you might have two of the best teams going toe-to-toe in the AFC on Sunday night. And one of those teams, should they lose the Buffalo Bills, not even making it into the playoffs here. But again, look, beggars can't be choosers. If you're the Buffalo Bills, you did a lot of damage to your season where you shouldn't have lost games along the way here. You shouldn't wind up in this position. But now you have to beat your division rival on the road in the biggest moment and keep in mind also this isn't a game for the Miami Dolphins like hey it's no big deal if we lose we're still in like no you drop from two all the way down to six which is a disaster because just a week ago you're thinking you might be the number one overall seed in the AFC so many things going on on Saturday night but it does seem to me the AFC a little bit more of a clear picture and also how you explained it it looks like if chalk just wins out everything will be okay because the Buffalo Bills will still be in there but if chalk doesn't win out you're at least hoping from a Buffalo Bills perspective that the Pittsburgh Steelers get upset by the best team in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens. There's a lot to get through here, but if I'm the Buffalo Bills, all your chips are in on Sunday night. I don't even think they're watching that game on Saturday. Like, ooh, I really hope they lose because you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth Saturday night going, oh boy, they didn't win that game, so now we have to win ours. Here we go. Buffalo will know its fate, of course, entering the regular season finale. It will be the final regular season game of the entire 2023 NFL season on Sunday night in Miami against the Dolphins. You really could not ask for much more than what that regular season finale will be. If Miami loses and Buffalo wins, the Bills become the two seed. Kansas City locked into that three seed at this moment. The champion of the AFC South will be the number four. If Miami loses, they would fall to six in the winner of Indianapolis and Houston with a 10-win season where both teams entered with a win total of six and a half would be that seventh and final AFC playoff team which is really fascinating Donnie because we know one wild card team at this moment and it's the Cleveland Browns 11 and 5 this year for the Browns using four different quarterbacks in the resurgence of his career the 38 year old Joe Flacco they're booked as a seven point road underdog in Cincinnati Honestly, the line seems even a little bit large going up against this Bengals team that has already been eliminated and will play many of its key reserves as well. But let's follow the odds and say that Cleveland ends at 11-6. and An 11-win Cleveland team entering the postseason. Can they make some noise in the AFC playoffs? Oh, absolutely they can because they're playing their best football at the end of the season. And the one thing that eliminates great offenses is a filthy pass rush and a ball-hawking secondary, which is when the Browns put it all together under Jim Schwartz, they can be that thorn in the side of a really good team. And also, from a Joe Flacco standpoint, we love the way he's playing quarterback here, but you know what's opened up now? Amari Cooper, now a deep threat once again. David Njoku going, hey, I can run more than five-yard routes here because my quarterback can hit me a dime 25 yards down the field I love what I'm seeing out of the Cleveland Browns and also they are a factor in the because for me 
I love the Ravens. I do. I think they're the best team in football. But I've still seen games where the Ravens have played this year like, ooh, man, should they have lost this game? Or I can't believe this game is this close to end the season. I think it's a much tighter race in the AFC from the teams up top, from the teams that can actually compete a little bit lower, like we're talking about the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely for me, the Cleveland Browns are live in the AFC. So when you look at the AFC championship odds, Cleveland has the sixth best number at 20 to one right in front of them would be the team that if the season ended in these standings today and we get mostly chalk come Sunday, it would be the Browns on the road in Duval County opening weekend of this postseason next weekend in that AFC wildcard showdown and it's 20 to one for Cleveland Jacksonville at this moment 17 to one. We would assume that if the Jaguars do in fact clinch the AFC South that number probably shortens just a little bit Cleveland firmly into that five spot in the AFC at this point so let me ask you this Donnie what do you think the line would be for a potential matchup between Jacksonville and Cleveland or maybe even if it's not the Jaguars the AFC South champion which would be Indy or Houston hosting the Cleveland Browns would the Browns be favored in any of those potential scenarios I don't know if the Browns would be favored in any of those potential scenarios. Why? Because they would be on the road. But the one thing that we do say that gives them a chance, it's certainly going to be under a field goal, regardless of which way that is. The Jacksonville Jaguars at home probably be a little bit more of a favorite than, let's just say, if somebody else took that spot over Jacksonville. But I'll tell you right now, again, this works out sometimes in your favor. Yeah, Cleveland might be the fifth seed here, Ben, and going on the road. But to be able to not have anything to play for in Week 18 and get your entire team rested as if you had a bye week is such a major advantage because as we're talking about that let's just say they do play the Jaguars well the Browns probably are already working on tape right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars when if you're the Jaguars you can't be working on tape for the Cleveland Browns you got to actually win this weekend against Tennessee yeah. what a major advantage it is here even though they're not even technically a division winner or getting their own legitimate buy in the playoffs but taking one in 18 while other teams around them have to play in week 18 it's yeah. a great scenario I think the spread, if it was Jacksonville hosting Cleveland, would be the Jaguars favored, but probably not more than a field goal. I believe that if Jacksonville loses on Sunday in Tennessee, the winner of Houston or Indy would thus thus be the AFC South divisional champ. I actually think Cleveland would be a short favorite on the road in either Indianapolis or Houston. Probably not much more than a field goal, maybe three, three and a half, but the Browns would be the favorite side now over to the NFC playoff picture at this moment the Niners in first they have wrapped up the number one overall seed the Cowboys with a victory over Washington clinched the NFC East and the number two seed also because of the controversy against Detroit last uh, last Saturday the Lions pretty firmly locked into that three seed at this moment if Dallas does win booked as a two touchdown favorite in Landover we'll talk about the NFC South in just a moment the Eagles have clinched as have the Rams if the Packers beat the Bears at home on Sunday Green Bay into the postseason your thoughts on the NFC playoff picture yeah, this is going to be a lot more convoluted than we talked about in the AFC. Why? Because I do think the San Francisco 49ers, talent for talent versus anybody, probably the best in the league, even though the Baltimore Ravens did go into San Francisco and beat them. The one wild card here is probably going to be one in injury, and we'll see if Christian McCaffrey. Now, everybody's going to play it happy and say, you know what? The net to play this week gets the bye week. That's great. He should be fine. But a calf injury for maybe the most important player on the San Francisco 49ers, something to keep an eye on. But here's what's interesting about it. The Eagles have 
went from being the number two seed down to the five seed. They are in yeah. the wild card spot and a true wild card in the playoffs. Because quite frankly, I know we want to fade them, including myself. But is going to be any surprise when the Eagles show up in the playoffs? Like, wow, this team actually is really good with some talent and are motivated. The NFC is going to be awesome to watch it play out. The birds are born to be a road favorite in their opening game. More around the NFL up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This show is the early line, and it's the finale of the 2023 National Football League regular season. So we look at the early lines for the weekend ahead. We've had football on a Thursday, college or NFL, for 19 straight weeks. Not this week. Two games on Saturday in the National Football League, 14 more on Sunday. So we have a little bit of time to welcome in Joe Ranieri so he can join us for those early handicaps and how he evaluates this weekend. Because, Joe, you've been here for all of bowl season, and one of the very difficult things about bowl season is who is playing and who is not, who is opting out, and what's the motivation? Well, welcome to week 18 in the NFL. It's a very similar story. It, it is. That's a uh, that's a great point there, Ben. Only the difference is, uh, well, this could be true in some cases, though. We're, we're talking about uh, millionaire professional athletes here that uh, they don't really get to decide whether or not they are going to transfer or sit or go to the draft or whatever it may be. Uh, they're getting a check to play football. So it's a very dangerous week from the standpoint of just assuming that teams don't want to win. It's the number one rule in week 18. Do not assume that players and teams won't try to win games this week. As my high school football head coach used to say, never assume it makes a you-know-what out of you and me. So take that into your football handicapping for week number 18. One thing we do know, which is pretty crystal clear, the winner of Saturday night's 
nightcap to end out the doubleheader to start week number 18 in Indianapolis. The Texans or the Colts? The winner of that game will earn a playoff berth. And at this moment, it's as close as it could be on the number. A slight one-and-a-half point spread, Joe, in favor of the Texans on the road in Indy. It's minus 118 money line now for Texans. It's plus 100 even money on the other side for Indianapolis. Just 18 cents of difference and a winner gets a bid in to the NFL playoffs type of game to it. So Joe, win and you're in. Who wins? I, I love it. I mean, I, you love urgency in all of sports, Ben, right? And this is a playoff elimination game. The winner is in. The loser, in all likelihood, is making uh, tea time uh, and trips to Aruba here because it, whoever has this, wins this game, has a chance to win the AFC South if Jacksonville loses on Sunday. So, I mean, it's a, it's a huge, huge game for two teams that – are very young. Uh, nobody expected them to be in this spot in week 18. And now you have to wonder, I mean, don't forget, they played back in week two. And statistically, it was a game that was absolutely dominated by the Texans. They ran more plays. They had more third down conversions. They had more time of possession. The problem was they kept turning the ball over and giving them short fields to the point where they just weren't able to make the comeback here. So I do think they've learned from that. I do think this is going to be a good game. I do think, though, if this gets up a little bit higher, if it gets to one and a half, or maybe two, well, then uh, I think maybe Indy in a teaser might be the best play of the mm. weekend here because I think this is a field goal game one way or the other. I take a look at that game too, Joe, and say to myself, you know what? I think we get points here. Even though it's two younger head coaches here in the league, they've mm. been aggressive all season long playing in a dome. I don't think anybody like Shane Steichen, hey, fourth and one, let's kick the field goal. They're going to be pressing yes. it down the score point. And both of these defenses, I do think, will be susceptible to points. In another game in the AFC South here, the Jacksonville Jaguars looking to clinch the division, taking on the Tennessee Titans. That line currently at the FanDuel Sportsbook, minus four and a half for the road team here, Jacksonville Jaguars. A total listed at 39 and a half. We know the Tennessee Titans are going to play hard. We just don't know who's going to be their quarterback. But at the same time, we're not technically sure who the quarterback is going to be for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So your thoughts here, who should be the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars entering in this game? And which way are you probably going here, Joe? Well, I don't think there's any question. If Trevor Lawrence, I mean, they they had to basically, uh, you know, force him to sit last week. Uh, and it really didn't matter against uh, Carolina because he was – uh, he was trying everything reports were to try and get out on a field and play. So I don't see how uh, with so much on the line that he doesn't at least give it a go. Now, he's obviously I don't think going to be 100 percent one way or the other. Uh, and anybody that watched that press conference after the Tennessee loss to Houston over the weekend, anybody that watched Vrabel and thinks that somehow he's just going to have these guys rolling over. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. This is going to be tough in all division. I mean, that's why they said it this way, right? Divisional rivals. Everybody knows everyone. There's no surprises here. It's who wants it more. Two teams I find very difficult to trust. But if Trevor Lawrence goes, I would certainly lean towards Jacksonville to get it done.
Yeah, with a victory, the Jacksonville Jaguars claim the AFC South. But again, the winner of that Saturday night cap in Indianapolis, Houston or Indy, earns a playoff berth with a victory. And if Jacksonville were to lose, the winner of that game would also win the division Ooh. in the AFC South and host a playoff game next weekend. AFC South to the NFC South. It's pretty crystal clear. If the Buccaneers win, they're booked as a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Carolina Panthers. Tampa claims the NFC South for a second consecutive year, but that is the other game in the division, the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints, both hoping that Carolina can win its third game of the year and pull the dramatic upset over Tampa Bay because then the winner of that regular season finale between the Dirty Birds and the Saints in the Big Easy on Sunday afternoon, that team would win the NFC South as well. A three-point spread, Joe, in favor of New Orleans. What's the approach to the finale between the Saints and the Falcons? Well, this was uh, opened at five, uh, Ben, and it has been all Atlanta money uh, to begin with here. And I don't, uh, I don't hate that idea because, quite honestly, I don't, I can't think of anything I trust less than um, than we've got. Of course, uh, Derek Carr is a favorite, uh, along with his head coach. That uh, between the both of them in these spots uh, over the last couple of seasons have been atrocious and burning money. And listen, the Falcons. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs over there with Arthur Smith. But the good news for Arthur Smith is that, you know, he's got one of the maybe the most patient owner in all of the NFL here. Uh, otherwise, he would have been fired, uh, you know, two seasons ago here because he has been absolutely pitiful with the weapons that they have drafted and they have on that roster. Now, having said that, we're talking about a dome and we're talking about a Falcons team that is built for these kinds of conditions not so much built to win at chicago last week outdoor in the elements right but definitely able to go ahead and get it done here i don't trust Derek carr i don't trust the head coach i do trust the falcons uh to have some success here against the saints uh and i do think if you were able to get the hook Kudos to you here. I don't think it's coming back, though. I think uh, too much Falcon support here fading the Saints, which is not great news for those that are holding Saints to win the division tickets. Yeah, it should be interesting to see if they even have a chance to actually win that division. But at the same time, you can run on the Saints. Maybe it's Bijan, maybe it's Mm. Algier in the football game to lead the way. Let's not, you know, mix words anymore. Game of the week, Sunday night football, flexed in appropriately, the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Take a look at this number. The Bills currently favored by minus three. This game isn't in Western New York. It's down in Miami and a total of 49 and a half. We know the Buffalo Bills playing great football heading down the stretch. The Miami Dolphins not so great football and not so healthy coming into this game could this be one last stand for the miami dolphins to take down that number two seed or are the buffalo bills going to be just too much to overcome here in this game on sunday night joe there's a lot to unpack in this game first of all miami just not in a good place right you talked about it mostert uh missed last week uh waddle missed last week and yesterday i'm getting my phone's blowing up with pictures of Tyreek Hill outside his house in Miami as the smoke is billowing out the windows, and he's in a boot. That's right. He's in a actual boot outside of his house there because of the ankle. We're still not sure what the deal is with Tua. They say he's going to go, but, you know, that shoulder is not 100%. But what makes this game so interesting 
is that if Pittsburgh wins, if Jacksonville wins, then this is no longer a, you know, a, well, it's okay, Buffalo. Even if you lose, you're in. No, 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 no. That means, Buffalo, if you lose, you're out of the playoffs. So come Sunday night, if those two things happen, Jacksonville and Pittsburgh winning, by the time this game kicks off, it is do or die for Buffalo. So it just ratchets up the uh, intensity of this game. And quite honestly, if you're Miami, you're in the playoffs, aren't you really at this point? So there's not as much yeah. to lose for Miami as there may be for Buffalo. Keep that in mind. But with all of these injuries, how in the hell are we getting to 50 points exactly in this game? That would be an interesting question because the over-under right now, 49 and a half. But, Joe, you mentioned on the defensive side of the football as well for Miami, Bradley Chubb, their excellent edge rusher now out for the remainder of this year with yep. that knee injury. That will be huge for the outlook beyond just this weekend. And, again, there's so many playoff clinching scenarios for week number 18. Buffalo playing in the final game of the regular season in 2023 is going to know exactly what is at stake entering that finale. But it's pretty easy for Buffalo. A win, they are in to the playoffs and not just the playoffs. They're going to be the number two seed in the AFC as the champions of the AFC East for a fourth consecutive NFL season. So those are the early lines here on the early line for NFL week number 18 action. How about the early line on the early line for the national championship game on Monday? That's next. SportsGrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We are only three days away from the end of the 2023 college football season, a national championship on a Monday night in Houston, Texas, between number one Michigan and number two Washington. Joe Ranieri joins us for a second consecutive segment here on the early line to look at the early line for Monday night's national title game between the Wolverines and the Huskies. Joe, it's a four and a half point spread in favor of the Maize and Blue. They 
have been booked as a favorite in all 14 games this year. The over understands at 55 and a half. They're a perfect 14-0 Power 5 Conference champion with a victory in the CFP semifinals. Same story for Washington. A perfect 14-0 Power 5 champion out of the Pac-12 with a victory in the CFP semifinal over Texas. One thing we know for sure, at the end of Monday night, we will have an undefeated 15-0 national champion in college football in 2023. Joe, we haven't seen any line movement as of yet from where this number opened late on New Year's Day or maybe early on January 2nd on that second day of 2024 following the Sugar Bowl. Four and a half in favor of Michigan, 55 in a hook. Where do you expect the line to go by the time we get to kick on Monday night? I don't expect it to do a whole lot more, I think, than what you've seen here, right? Uh, You know, the look I remember seeing, the look-ahead line before they kicked off uh, was right around six, six and a half, somewhere in that ballpark if Michigan, if Washington was to have won and Michigan was the uh, the team that they'd be playing. So uh, now all of a sudden we started, we would, We watched Washington play the way they played. Then we saw the money come in. Um, This is going to be just absolutely uh, fascinating. I think maybe the thing that stuck out to me was the total in this at 55 and a half when we saw it. Because you don't often see 55 and a halves with Michigan in that defense very often here. But we're talking about one of the most prolific passing offenses in the country. One that we... We haven't seen this in a long, long time. Now, has Washington experienced a defense quite like what they're going to see here with Michigan? Some might say Oregon was a pretty good defense, uh, too, and yet they had no problem uh, lighting them up. I think the coaching matchup is phenomenal. I think it's these two guys quietly are going to try and outwit one another. This is going to be fascinating to see the offensive line of Washington versus that defensive front of Michigan. I think we can all agree this game is won or lost depending on who wins that battle. I'm I'm done talking about how bad Washington's defense. Washington's defense is the ultimate bend but don't break. They make stops when they need to make stops and get it done. They don't, uh, you know, they will allow a lot of yards. They'll give up, you know, runs. They'll do what? Yes, they will. But when they need to make a play, how many more times do we have to see this Washington defense step up? So I think under the bright lights, winner take it all. Uh, my original lean was to the under here because I think this is maybe a 27-20 kind of game. Uh, I don't think this is going to be some sort of wild shootout because I don't know how that benefits Michigan. Then if they want to go toe-to-toe and just, okay, to hell with it, let's go. What, are we going to throw the ball over to Yard, Michigan? Your game plan is to run it down the throat of this defense, gain control, slow the game down, so Washington will never have a chance to come back. That should be the game plan. If it is, then I don't see how we're getting over 55 and a half points in this one. It's going to be fun to watch to see how both of these teams, you know, sort of bring it to the table on what they want to do offensively. So the focus, focal point for me is obviously, and most people, that Michigan defense going up against Washington's offense. The one thing you saw last week, look, Alabama does have a good offense, but a little bit unconventional. Mm -hmm. A superstar quarterback that more of an athletic playmaker than a true passer. Michael Penix does have some athletic ability, not on Milrose level, but he is the definition of a pocket passer able to deliver with legitimate wide receivers. How 
do we see that matchup here? Because we'll get into the actual numbers on the quarterbacks and what they can pass for in this game. But talk to me about that Michigan defense trying to go up against Michael Penix, the quarterback. Well, it's going to be the same thing, right? I mean, eventually what happened with Milrow in that game is he looked like a deer caught in the headlights in the second half, didn't he? Every time the snap was low, he couldn't take his eyes off that uh, defensive front because he was hit how many times? And, you know, that's how intimidating that front is. But this is the best O-line in the country. We know this. And they have proven it time and time again. You also got Penix as a lefty, which isn't necessarily that ball coming out a little bit differently than what they might be used to over there, which takes a little getting used to. It, it To me, whoever wins that battle in the trenches is going to win this yeah. game here. And if you think Washington is going to win this battle, well, then, yeah, uh, you've got yourself a pretty decent number to be able to jump in. But if you think Michigan wins this game here, I don't think they win it by dropping 35 on Washington. I think uh, the under correlates to Michigan, and I think uh, Washington would certainly lean to the over here. Don't forget, that defense of Washington, a ton of picks this year. So I don't know the best approach is to try to throw it on them because they have no problem taking the ball away through the air. Washington allows 263 yards per game through the air. That's bottom 15 in all of college football, but also a buck 33 on the ground. To Joe's point, they rank mm-hmm. bottom five in the Pac-12 in total pass and rush defense this year, but top five in scoring defense, only giving up just mm. a tad more than 23 points per game. That idea of bend, but do not break. Washington has only played four games with a total that has been under 60 points. They have gone over in three of those four games. This will be the highest total at 55 and a hook for the Wolverines from Ann Arbor since week number two when they hosted UNLV inside the big house and oh by the way that total 57 and a half did stay under Joe you've already shared what you think the key matchup advantage is the Joe Moore winning offensive line for Washington against one of the best pass rushes and front sevens in all of college football on the other side for the maze in blue if we are going to break this game down even further where do you think that second key matchup advantage is is it Michigan ground game against the Washington defense that does allow some yards or could it potentially be Michigan secondary trying to contain if at all possible Romadunze, Jalen McMillan and Jalen Polk who will be out there running routes for Michael Penix Jr. Well the problem we got one problem we haven't mentioned here uh, is their running back healthy enough to play uh, for mm-hmm. Washington because that's a problem uh, if he is not, which means, and, and he has been a big part of what they have done offensively, right? The ability for Washington, we all think of them as this unbelievable pass-oriented uh, team, and they are, and they're phenomenal at it. But what happened in the second half of the season down the stretch, as you see, is they relied on the running game. The running game is what allowed them uh, to be even scarier here. Now, if he doesn't go... Uh, that's going to be a little uh, it's going to be interesting but we know Washington could care less about throwing it 50 times a game they'll have no problem doing it that's a double-edged sword because if you're not completing the passes if you're not moving those chains well then you're just giving the ball back to uh to Michigan and we know what he loves to do Harbaugh he'll just give it to Corum and they'll just milk that clock down for all it's worth and before you know it 
you'll become very one-dimensional and you won't be able to come back keep an eye on the special teams because there's offense there's defense and there is special teams here and we all watched it last week with uh with michigan right they almost blew the game there been pretty sound there for washington on a special teams end. the kicker just got his scholarship this year the kid has made money kicks all throughout Keep an eye on special teams. It may, Ben, be exactly what tips this game one way or the other. Joe, let's put a focus here on the quarterback position. J.J. McCarthy versus Michael Penix Jr. Even at the FanDuel Sportsbook, there is a wide discrepancy here, and rightfully so. 297 mm. and a half passing yards is the prop for Michael Penix Jr. J.J. McCarthy only sitting now currently at a 190 and a half price. We saw McCarthy go over 200 yards last week and three touchdowns against that Alabama defense. Is there underlying value on J.J. McCarthy, or is it just, you know what, even if Washington loses, they're going to go down swinging with the passing game, and we should expect 300 yards from Michael Penix Jr. Well, yeah, well, you can count on they're going to go down swinging one with the other. I mean, Penix is just going to they're live by the sword, die by the sword, live by the pass, die by the pass. They are going to have no problem letting him drop back and throw as many times as needed here. But I think McCarthy is maybe the more underrated QB here. I mean, there is no doubt these two quarterbacks, if you've you watched them in the last two games, you want to talk about dialed in. Um, McCarthy has come a long way, man, from where he was, where we've seen him a couple of years ago to now. The guy never sweats. The moment is never too big now. He doesn't panic. The, you never feel as if the moment is too big for him. And Penix has shown you time and time again, it doesn't matter where he is or what you throw into him. This is a year of, uh, it's going to make himself a lot of money this year. So I think McCarthy is maybe the more underrated commodity because, oh, he doesn't run. Well, he hasn't been has to run but the kid is a tremendous athlete and when he needs to use his legs he will but more importantly i don't think either of these quarterbacks are going to shoot themselves in the foot and be the reason their teams lose uh they'll be the reason they win but i don't think we're going to see the ill-advised pass or the fumble these two guys will not do that ultimately i do think it's going to come down to which quarterback has the ball last and that will be your national champion J.J. McCarthy let his second career come from behind drive in a fourth mm. quarter against Alabama in the Rose Bowl once last year against Illinois in their second-to-last regular season game. Washington as an underdog in the two years under Kalen DeBoer with Michael Penix Jr. as his quarterback booked as a dog five times. They have won outright all five times. Now, Joe, to your point about Dylan Johnson, who got injured late in the game when Kalen DeBoer refused to take a knee for whatever reason mm. as the head coach for the Huskies said Dylan Johnson did re-aggravate a previous injury but he left the Sugar Bowl on a cart only a one-week turnaround for Washington to get ready for this national yep. championship game and of course they were playing into the wee hours of January 2nd I say that because right now only rushing yards props out are with the Maize and Blue, led by Blake Corum, who yesterday was at 101 and a half. The number is already skied by five yards. 106 and a hook. Is he Michigan's most important offensive player for the national championship game? Uh, he, he certainly is, because everything runs around him, literally. I mean, they've run it 59% of the time here right and there's always the chance of an explosive run looming uh against defenses where even if you're bent but don't break 
he's still going to run away from you and cause all sorts of problems. He did it against Alabama. So, and he's also the reason why they've had so much success passing the ball because of the success running the ball. It often has left those wide receivers of Michigan wide open and for easy points. But I'll say this, when you have an elite pass defense going up and against an elite pass offense, I would much rather be taking points than laying more than a field goal any day, which is why I would back Washington with all the points you want to give me. Yep, four and a half is the spread right now. We will see where it works as we get ready for Monday night in H-Town. It's one versus two in a national championship game. Jordan we thank you very much for your time. We'll see you later tonight on Game Time Decisions and in Game Live, the hardest working man at the Spiz Grizz. Joe would have loved to be here for the Fade the Public poll. We hear from you up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Um. Live right here, ending out hour number two of the early line all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm Ben. He is Donnie. And, of course, that includes the Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app, available for download at both the Apple and the Play Store. Scan the QR code on your screen in a matter of moments. All of our information and insight available in the palm of your hand. Props to our producers behind the scenes, John Shames and Joe Frizo, for putting together this Fade the Public poll because I am very excited excited to have this conversation with my good friend Donnie Wrightside. We asked you with only one final football game left in the 10-year history of the four-team format in the college football playoff, what format is better? Only four teams or the expansion to 12 next year in 2024? Find out what you had to say and fade the public. Sports Grid TV on Twitter, which college football playoff format will be better? Four teams, 12 teams. Public, I'm very proud of you. I'm very happy with you at the moment. You have made my heart sing. 12 teams in a runaway landslide, more than 85%, Donnie. 
Yeah, and that's the way it should be here. It's simple. The more teams that care, the more fun we will have. You take a look at the NFL. What do we have in the NFL, Ben? 32 teams, and how about this? Seven from each conference making it into the playoffs. Does anybody get angry? Oh, I can't believe they went from six teams to seven teams. We're back in the day in the 80s. Why would they add a wild card team? It dilutes the product, does it really? More playoff games, more fun, more wagering, more fandom, more teams brought into the picture. It's absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Now, the question is going to be the 14 mm. playoff. Well, that was good. It was better than two. The 12 team, yeah, it's much better than four. But you know what's better than 12, Ben? 24. Same thing with, like, what's better than 12 beers? 24 beers. Same thing in sports here as well. More yeah. teams into the point. playoffs makes more sense. And you know what, Ben? Makes more money. I thought you were just going to take it to break. Hour number three of the early line starts in 55 seconds. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 